Hey, so this is Lee Klein of Vision Eternity Ministries. If you've never been here before, then I want to welcome you. And today we're talking about, really, your vision for eternity. And um, especially that Jesus is sad that we're not ready and we're not getting ready. And we have no idea what he's thinking or how he's feeling or how sad he is that we haven't taken the initiative to get ready. He said to watch for him, to watch and pray. Yet we're carrying on just as the day of Noah, not getting ready, not watching and praying, but thinking we have forever. And we don't. We don't have forever. We live here for a short time, and then we move on to eternity, either with him or in the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you for teaching us your way today, for showing us the truth so that we don't walk in ignorance. We thank you and praise you that you love us so much that you want to correct us. You want to correct what we're thinking, our lifestyle, which would go along with that, and to show us where we're headed, what's next, And even that, we don't have much longer to change things. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory in your name. Jesus wants to talk today about being unhindered. You know, when you get on your knees or when you worship, when you sit and you talk to him, and he tells you something, the good plan that he has for you and gets you all excited, or maybe you talk to somebody and you hurt faith for the first time, You're all excited, maybe, that your child could be healed, that you weren't going to die, but you were going to live and proclaim what the Lord has done. And you get all excited, and you're on your way. And just like Jesus said in Mark, as soon as you hear that word, the enemy is going to come. He's your hindrance. He's going to come and steal that word from you. Why does he want to do that? Why is he so evil? He hates God, and the only way he can get back at God is to get back at his children and whom he loves. And so he is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can steal your faith, your trust in Jesus, that makes Jesus sad. That makes him sad. And if he can steal your trust and your faith in Jesus, then you've lost, and that that is why it makes Jesus sad. In order to please God, you have to have faith in him. And so what he wants to say to you today is don't let anyone or anything hinder your faith. I wanted to read, um, I came across this this morning, um, Galatians 5, 7, you are running the race nobly. And that's how we start out. We're running the race. We're all excited. We're going to believe no matter what, because you can't see faith. You can't see what you're believing. Just that witness, just Jesus talking to you on the inside is what you have to go on. It doesn't look like anything's going to happen. It doesn't look like anything is happening. It doesn't look like it can happen. But yet you have that inner witness. You know what Jesus said to you. You know, you read the word by his stripes, you were healed. And so you walk off in this childlike faith. Let me finish this. Who has interfered in and hindered and stopped you from heeding and following the truth. You know, when you start believing God, you look so foolish to the person who doesn't know God. They look at you, and they think you've lost it. 
because they're believing this very impossible thing. And if you let them intimidate you, your faith can be hindered, and that's Satan's plan. His plan is to kill, still, and destroy in your life. And you can't let him. Jesus gave you all power and authority over him. And Jesus is hurt even that you would believe that lie over what he told you, over what his word says, that you would believe that person that's talking you out of what you heard when you sat at Jesus' feet. So often, um, I get all excited and I notice the enemy come and try to discourage me. All of a sudden, I'm thinking these negative thoughts that I wasn't thinking before. And I have to take charge over them. Corinthians says to take captive every thought and make it a Jesus thought, my interpretation, my translation. It says bring every thought into and captive into um, the obedience of Christ. So if Jesus gave you the thought, keep it. Don't let it go. Don't let anything hinder that. It makes him sad that you don't believe him. You know, so many times I hear people say, well, I believe. But you're really your lifestyle. And I, I learned this from experience. Jesus confronts me. I let him. He corrects those he loves. He dearly and tenderly loves those that he corrects. So we should be enthusiastic Revelation 3.19, we should be enthusiastic about that correction. And so when he corrects you and shows you the truth, when, when you say, Lord, why isn't this happening? And he says, you don't believe me. you got to look at what he's saying to you because he is truth. He's not going to lie to you. And he's correcting you. And so if you're believing, you think you're believing God and nothing is happening, ask him. Ask him to correct you. And he's going to show you something in your life you're doing contrary to what you say that you believe. And it, it's a so often occurrence. I look around and I see it all the time. Oh, I believe God will heal me. I believe that. But the contrary talk, actions are opposed to what they say they believe. Even if you say that you believe you're a Christian, say you, say you believe that, yeah, you, you still do the gossiping. Um, you don't even know you're not supposed to. You just said that prayer. So often um, we're led to say a prayer, and then many are misunderstand that now you're going to heaven. But it's that engagement with Jesus. It's a lifestyle change. It's agreeing with him. It's living unhindered by the world. It's living actually with unhindered faith, where you just take what he said, childlike faith, and you do what he said, you act how he said, and you think what he thinks. So you're in agreement with him, and then your faith will be strong. But if our faith is hindered, then really we're out of bounds for that blessing as well and even for eternal life. And Jesus is sad about that. We think that we're ready. He's pointed out all kinds of areas that we're not. It makes him sad that we're not. And um, today he's talking about how we let things hinder our trust in him 
And that makes him sad. If you tell somebody you're going to do something for them and they just believe you for a little while, it didn't happen right away, they just couldn't give up. Or somebody lied about you and said, oh, she's not going to do that. She's not. Not exactly what the devil's going to tell you. God's not going to do that. This is wrong with you. That's wrong with you. You're terrible at this. He's not going to bless you. That's what he's going to say to you. And know that he is a voice in your head. Corinthians says to take captive every thought for that very reason, because he's going to come into your thought life and talk to you. And he's going to make you think it's you talking to you. He comes dressed as an angel of light. He comes um, as maybe even a minister, a false prophet. You can't trust a man. You can only trust Jesus. And anybody in any, any voice that you hear, if you let it, can hinder your faith. You have to be, like, really stubborn. My mom used to call me stubborn. And um, God was talking to me about how stubborn I am and how it's to my advantage. Because I heard him talk to me. And then all the lies I heard, even at church, in Bible studies, I, I didn't take that thought. And I thought, I don't believe you. That's not what Jesus told me. That's not what the Word said. And when I point out the Word to those very people who call themselves Christians, they argue about what it meant. They argue that by his stripes you were healed. It's okay to tell a little white lie. It's okay to judge. And so Jesus is saying, you you guys think you're ready, but still you live in the contaminated world. You live in a world that is unconformed to me. we got to conform to his likeness. we got to let him recreate us in his likeness. We've got to bow down to him to be unhindered in our walk with him. And, you know, whatever it takes to motivate you, let it. You know, so often um, I hear, well, don't tell people about hell. You're scaring them into their salvation. Well, what the heck? Whatever works. Hell scares me. I don't want to go to hell. I want to make the right choice. Hell is for eternity. It's not a little visit you get to do. Of course, some have visited and and come back. You can find it on YouTube and they come back to tell about it. But it's not where you want to live forever. I mean, um, if I recall right, there was one guy who spent 30 minutes in hell and it was terrible. It was terrible. There's all kinds of stories. Look it up on YouTube and find out if that is really okay with you because I hear a lot of people say, oh, it's okay. My mom's probably in hell, so I'll go join her. You don't want to join her. If you remember the rich man, he said, can you just have um, Lazarus go back and tell my brothers that they don't want to come here? Read the word of God. Find out who Jesus is. Learn of him. Learn of him, because you're going to find out he is the one who's always going to be there for you, like we just talked about. He's going to be closer than a brother. We think we can depend on our family, um, which we were talking about, but really our, our family and our friends, they live by emotions. They live by circumstances. And sooner or later, they're going to turn on you. What about when you get married and you, you make this commitment for better, for worse, for rich, for poor, and then one day that person says, I'm done, I'm out of here. And you're like, what? 
thought you made a commitment to me. And you know what? That's what Jesus is saying. You said that prayer. You're walking with him. You're praying. He, he's promised you things. He's done all these things for you. He gave his life for you. And then all of a sudden you get sick of it. You get sick of waiting. You get sick of the enemy attacking you. And you say, I'm done. I'm out of here. Really? Is that all it's going to take? Or are you going to be committed to him till the end? If you gave your life for someone, if you took on the sin of the world, which you can't do either, just think about how you would feel, though, unappreciated for what you did. You didn't even know him. You heard the story. Then you decided to believe. That's how it works. Then you get to know him. He knew you beforehand, though, and he loved you, and he loves you, and he doesn't want you to spend eternity in hell. And so what he's saying to us today is, don't let anything hinder your faith. You know, he's been talking to me about being careful. Be careful. And, and Mark, he said, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you're listening to. Because even the little bit you did have, if you're not careful can be taken from you by force. Mark 4. As soon as you hear the word, the enemy is going to come and take it. Jesus, if you don't understand this one thing, as soon as you hear the word, the enemy is going to come and take it. You're not going to understand anything. So this is a vital thing we're talking about today. Don't let anything hinder your faith. It could mean hell. You know, some people like to blame um, turning away from Jesus on... Christians and how they act and the church they went to and now they're just going to be this way because of them that's not going to cut it when you stand before Jesus either you love Jesus and you're committed to him and you'll never leave him or forsake him or you're not he's our groom you're the bride you need to get ready he's coming are you engaged with him are you committed to him are you just going to blame that it's too hard on somebody else? Or I turned away from Jesus because I didn't like the, what that person said to me. Or they said they're a Christian and, and I don't like um, how I feel around them. And so I just quit. I don't want to be like that. Or I don't like what they do to me. You know what you feel around that person really is conviction. You feel the Holy Spirit. You feel Jesus. When you stand before Jesus, he's not going to have to say a word. Or even when you get on your knees. And you're going to feel that conviction in your heart of the thing that you did that needs to change so that you can be like him. So that you can reflect him. So that you can walk in the kingdom. You know, when you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, you're saying that you're going to marry him that you're going to be in agreement with him. You're saying you want to be a part of his life. It's a huge commitment to say that prayer. It's not a pray, prayer that you pray and then you walk away and live the way you lived before. And he's calling us today to live in unhindered faith, to believe him, to believe what he said, no matter what. For God to love the world, 
that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. And so if you're not believing him, are you having eternal life? Turn it backwards once. And if he would say to me, you don't believe me, I told you I would heal you, and still you say I'm sick, and you don't know why that I'm not healing you, and you walk away from me, actually, because you think I didn't heal you or I'm not about to heal you. You know, there, there's so many um, things to, to know and to think about, and he will help you with that. Sometimes there's a direction to your healing. Sometimes you need to um, be directed in what you're eating or what you're doing that's causing that. And you can't see that without him. Sometimes you can even go to the doctor and they can't diagnose you. They can't tell you why this is happening. They can guess, but Jesus knows. And so sometimes it's wisdom, revelation knowledge. Sometimes it's, it's just sin, unforgiveness. You know, so many people, speaking of unforgiveness, so many people say, I forgive. But I'm not going to be around that person. I'm not going to forget what they did to me. That's not forgiveness. That's not Jesus' forgiveness. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he loved anyway. He gave his life for them anyway. Can you do that? Not without his help. But if you get down on your knees and ask him to help you to forgive because he told you to, he will help you. And then you'll even see why they did what they did, and you might even feel sorry for them. You probably will, and say, all right, I forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They did that because of this. You're going to know things you didn't know. So anyway, there are so many reasons that we're not ready for Jesus, although everybody thinks they're ready, and very few are willing to get on their knees and ask him why not. And so he's asked me to help show you why not. Video after video, he shows us why we're not ready. And, 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 and not being ready, it makes him sad, because it's not his will that one should perish. And if we're not ready, we can't go. They weren't on the ark. They weren't ready. They couldn't go. I want to read to you um, 2 Peter. 2 Peter 3, starting in verse 8. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape you, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord does not delay, he's not tardy or slow, but what he, about what he promises, according to some people's conception of slowness. But he is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that any should perish, but that all should turn to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish and pass away with a thunderous crash, and the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Did you know the earth was going to burn? A lot of people don't know that because they don't look at the word. The earth is going to burn. Last time it was a flood, and God started over. 
And now there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish and it, with a thunderous crash, and the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire in the earth and the works. Thereupon it will be burned up. Since all these things are thus in the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each of you be in the meanwhile in consecrated and holy behavior and devote and godly qualities? While you wait, earnestly long for and expect and hasten the coming of the Lord of, of God by reason of which flaming heavens will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire, but we look for the new heavens and the new earth. There's a new heaven, new earth, according to his promise, in which righteousness, uprightness, freedom from sin, and right standing with God is to us to abide. Speaking of freedom of sin, a, a, a lot of people think it's okay to sin and they'll still go to heaven, but there's, there's going to be freedom from sin. We are not to sin. How are you going to live in heaven? And think you can sin at the same time. You can't. We look to the new heavens and the new earth according to his promises in which righteousness, and this is an amplified classic Bible, and described as righteousness, uprightness, freedom from sin, and right standing with God is to abide. And so if you want to move into heaven, you got to get ready. You have to have understanding. Get ready. Watch and pray. Learn of him. Find out who he is and what he's thinking and how you have to conform to that thinking and who he is if you want to marry him and move in with him. You're not going to move in with somebody you don't know or like or care for or agree with, right? And so make sure you're making the right choice. When you choose Jesus, the enemy is going to come to try to hinder that relationship. Don't let him. Jesus said, I've given you all power and authority. He's given you power and authority over the enemy. You don't have to listen to him. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And you have that same power and authority to tell him what to do. He tries to make it as though he's in charge of you, but you are in charge of him. And you will know that when you look at the word. And when you sit with Jesus and just let him do that thing in you that he does. So that is the word I have for you today. If you've never asked Jesus, if you've never answered that knock at your heart, Revelation 3.20, he said he's knocking at the door of your heart. And if you allow him to come and live on the inside of you by heeding his voice, he will. You have to heed his voice. You have to heed his voice, and then he'll come, and he'll live on the inside of you. And when you're willing to heed his voice, he can do something in your life, and he's going to live and abide with you. And you're going to know he's there, and you're going to have conversation, and you're going to feel him there. But if you're unwilling to heed his voice, you're, you're really unwilling to um, even have a relationship with him because he is the way he's the truth he's like he knows everything he has the best for you he can't follow you just like you can't follow your brother or sister or mother um there would be no point then he he has everything we need he is our sustenance he is the one we need to follow He's the one we're engaged with and wanting to live with. 
And so, of course, we're going to heed his voice. We're going to be in agreement with him. And we're not going to let anything hinder that. It's up to us. It's up to you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you want to live on the inside of us. We're so thrilled and and so privileged to know that you just want to take over and, and be our Lord, our Savior. Be that one that we can always go to and depend upon. We thank you that you'll never leave us or forsake us. You'll never fail us. We thank you that you're faithful even though we're not. We're just asking you to come and live on the inside of us and teach us your way. Recreate us in your likeness. And then put us on that path that leads to a good life. Help us to be that witness for you. To prepare the way for you. We love you and praise you. Give you all the glory in your name. Jesus said to go to him. When you're discouraged, when you're weary, you don't have to run anywhere else. Just close your eyes and you will feel him on the inside of you, giving you the answer to whatever that thing is that you're going through. It's not as bad as it looks when you go to him. It can look really bad. It it can be as if there's no hope, but with him, there's always an answer. Don't let anything or anybody hinder your faith in him. And don't don't, uh, go without sitting with him. Get up every day and sit with him. Let him love you. Let him tell you what he thinks of you. Stop letting the enemy lie to you and tell you um, things about you that aren't true and that bring you down. As soon as you start feeling icky, you can know that's him talking to you. Change it and say, Jesus, what do you think? What do you have to say? And he'll tell you. He'll love you. Give him your time and attention. He's coming soon. Got to get ready. Thanks so much for listening today, and God bless you.